Good evening, I'm Ted Koppel. Surely everyone knows by now that Buckwheat is dead. But for those of you who have not seen the videotape of Buckwheat being shot, let's take a look. You can be all the things you've always wanted to be. Beautiful. Sexy. One, two, three. Just let your soul go. Just let it shine through. Just let your We have a guy on the phone from Italy. He claims he has naked pictures of Jackie O. Put him through. Yeah, hello. You're the photographer. Right, yeah. What do you got? Uh, is this Mr. Flint? Yeah, this is Mr. Flint. Listen, I was watching that damn island for four months. And then one day, man, the cabana door opens and out comes Jackie O with nothing on. I mean, not a single stitch. You sure it's Jackie O? Yeah, sure. And, and what do you see? You see absolutely everything. Trust me. And she's the good one. This ain't no Mamie Eisenhower or Lady Bird. <laughs> oh my God, first pussy. Ty Webb. Heavy Longmire. Gustav Matteblanc. Is GLK London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second? This is GLK London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Come on then, Plato, enlighten me. All right, this is very unusual for us, but we're going to read emails from this year here on Can You Hear Me, the podcast of two guys reading emails while the other guy sits at home and waits for you to send tasteful, artistic, or even, you know, very uh, real-to-life pictures of nuts, whether they're your own or your loved one or just random nuts you find on the internet. So I'm Gustav Monteblanc. I'm Ty Webb. And the aforementioned waiter of nuts, Heavy Longmire. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Real Gustav. I'm at TyWeb3000. And you can send those nut pics to at Heavy Longmire. The show Twitter, if you want to send a notification that you sent the nut pics, not the pics themselves, but just the notification, that's at Can You Hear Me Pod. And our show email account is Can You Hear Me Pod at gmail.com. Maybe even a nice still life drawing of some nuts. Yeah, drawings. I mean, just or, be avant garde with it. You could take a picture of nuts and then run it through one of those apps where it turns the picture into like a sketch. You could do 3D printer nuts and send them those. Interesting. That'd take a while. That is a. Well, we got nothing but time these nothing days. Nothing but time. All right. This first email is from Fake Bailey J, and it's titled 2021 Email Reading. Mm, FBJ. And she says, I do love hearing you boys laughing. <laughs> and that's it. That's it? That's it. That's the whole email. That's the entire email. Well, we're just glad she, she is, listens. She is short on the words, the fake Bailey J, and I love her, I love her, I love her. Just about to turn. I think she might have already turned, but she's just locked down, and we don't know. How about that? She's just not ready to fully admit it. All right, this email is from a new listener. Hey! hey! 
we got one. So we lose ten, we get one. He may not be listening anymore, but he was listening as of February fourth of two thousand eighteen, two thousand and sixteen. Anyway, this is titled "The Church of Heavy Longmire." Oh boy. Greetings from John in Minnesota. I'm late to the podcast, but Minnesota? I'm... Minnesota. Minnesota. Home of the gopher. But I'm enjoying it immensely. In an early episode, Gustav says Heavy would not be a good preacher, and Ty eventually agrees. I believe many others would second this opinion, but that's because the world neither appreciates nor understands Heavy's profound nature. Okay, this is clearly Heavy writing this from some kind of ghost account he's created. This is why we need the Church of Heavy Longmire. The main tenet of the church would be... Okay, this is definitely written by Heavy. I don't know what you're talking about. Heavy went to the Oklahoma strip clubs so that we don't have to. (laughs) Communion would consist of partaking of the honey bun and coffee. I'd like to see that. Okay. Since Heavy Longmire... Maybe crappie on Easter? It is... (laughs) And it only on, yeah, uh, the all of Lynn is nothing turn, but crappie. You just bring two crappie and you feed the whole church. Two, two crappie and a basket of uh, of hush puppies. <laughs> hush puppies. <laughs> That's great. And his infinite wisdom cares about our physical being as well as spiritual. Pickled egg and decaf would be offered as healthy alternatives. <laughs> the general seems like an unsavory fellow, so he will serve as the devil figure in this great new world religion. The devil, of course, is, or or, sorry, the general is Ty and uh, my classmate who got the carpenter pencil stuck in his mouth. Who also did a very inappropriate song for one of our class projects. You could not write that song. You could not (laughs) sing that song in class now. The fact that. (laughs) <laughs> she was paraded out to sing that. Other people, other Ooh. grades had to come listen to him sing that. Can you imagine the wince factor that would go on if you had to replay that now? I that's one for our time machine. Yeah. I'd love to go back and I'd go back that. and watch that. Heavy's sermons will warn us that the general wishes to lead us astray, but with Heavy's guidance we will be fortified against the general's inflammatory song. Holy shit. Dude. This guy knows his stuff. After the service is over, everyone could go down to the gas station and yell at all the customers while waving signs that say, God hates frosted honey buns. Because remember, <laughs> Heavy was only for the icing, not for the, uh, or the, he was only for one or the other. I can't remember. I think he liked the, um, I think he liked the glaze. He liked the glaze, not, not the, the icing. Iced, yeah. Right? Because yeah. I, I kind of like the iced. I like the iced, yeah. I realize that some people would call this a cult. In the Church of Heavy Longmire, these people would be known for what they really are, pussies. I've thought about that for several years. <laughs> I like this guy. So, uh, there you go. And I, Well, maybe if we could get Heavy to wear that fucking robe for longer than five minutes, we I could know, get this church started. I know, we could get started. some, uh, we could get something going, but no. And, I mean, besides the fact that I could understand if, if he didn't look fantastic in it, but he looked fucking amazing in He that looked thing. great in it. I mean, he would have gotten so much attention. Oh, man. he Yeah, he, he looked pretty damn awesome in that thing. It was awesome. So I, I asked John how he found us because I was curious. And he said, I found you guys by searching Spotify for podcasts talking about Blood Meridian. Okay. After I listened to that, I went right to the first episode and making my way through chronologically. I'm pretty sure every episode has made me laugh, so keep up the good work. 
Well, so obviously, you might want to quit while you're. He's, <laughs> he's going to be disappointed at some point. I mean, we're look, John. It is John, right? It is John. John, look, these last couple, we're just we're we're trying to get our bearings back. I it's, mean, it's like when you haven't made love in a long time. It's like when you break your hand, your right hand, and you got to try to learn to go lefty. And I mean, you're going to fumble around for a while, okay? It's going to be awkward, but just be patient and it'll it'll all come together. You're going to get there eventually. All we're, right, we're, let's see. <clears throat> We're this, learning how to fly again right now. Right now, by the seat of our pants, because it's just us. Yeah, I mean, we don't we don't have our pastor. You know, somebody's at home looking at nut picks, you know, but we're up here trying to do our best for you. Just let the record show, two of us are here for America. Right, at the time when you need us. All right, this one is from one, and I don't know how to pronounce this, Tell? Doesn't sound right. All right. Maybe it's teal? Maybe it's teal. It's titled Fishing Questions. Hey, fellas. Hope you're surviving this time of social distancing, as I know you're prone to cuddle while recording. Man, it it serves heavy right that he's missing out on fishing questions. I know it. Today, my questions are related to fishing. All we can do these days is fish to go outside, so we've been fishing rain or shine. I figured who better to ask than the boys raised in Rio de Rojo. I don't know what that means because I don't speak that language. <laughs> question one. What are your preferred fishing knots? What a heavy question. Mm. Do you change your knot depending on prey or do you have a go-to? I definitely have a go-to. Um, I used to, I mean, I did the just the old standard fishing knot forever. Right. But then I, about, ooh, this was probably like early 20s, maybe late teens. I always called it the uncle knot, but there's an official there's an official name for it. I I called it that because my uncle showed it to me. Definitely the best knot, and that's the only knot I've used since. Since then, then? Um, I mean, I can tie it in my sleep, but I don't remember the the technical the, name. There's a technical name for it. It's not uncle knot, but that's what I've always called it. But yes, I do have a preferred fishing knot. I'd be happy to demonstrate that on Twitter sometime. Come at me with your DMs or. Uh, he could send his wife to you and you could teach it to her in person. That sounds like a really good idea. If Teal is up for that, um, I'm happy to, you know, whatever he needs. I mean, I think that's, I think, you know, you teach a man's wife how to, to do something. You teach a man's wife how to fish and you. Yeah. Yeah. Rod. We, we know where it goes you from know. there. All right. Question number two. What's the deal with family bait shops? Like the bait shop that has a house attached to it. Do they smell like fish 24-7? Is there a normal person that lives that life? Have the majority of them used a human body as fish bait? They're a mesmerizing mystery to me that I think could have their own reality series. Well, you know, we had a bait shop. Slash cafe. Slash cafe where they did have a house behind there. Right. When we were growing up and it was, uh, that family was close personal friends with my family. They were best friends with my grandparents, and that was one hell of a cafe. Oh, yeah. I remember you and I and Shmoo, we were working in the summer. Yep. And I wasn't even 18 yet, but it was the first year of the scratch-off lottery tickets. That's all I can... Every time I think about that place, I think about scratch-offs, because we would get a scratch-off every time. 
We were it was sit- so much fun. We were sitting there, and for a brief second, I thought I'd won $100,000. That really is, when you think about what is happiness, does it get any better than having a full meat and two veggie for $3.25 lunch, home-cooked, and the anticipation of maybe winning $100,000 on a scratch-off every day for lunch? Every day. Those were good times. Damn good times. That cafe was fantastic. I I put that's probably a top five fish bait cafe in the country. I I would I would wager that it was because she's a hell of a cook and everything was homemade. Yeah, even pie. You get pie at a bait shop, and that bait shop didn't smell like fish in the cafe part. Mm-mm. No, there were several girls in our class that smelled way more like fish than that bait shop. I remember uh, the Polynesian. Turned around at one of those girls in World History Honors class. Uh, she was wearing a, a yep. mini skirt, and yeah, he got a a dose. Yeah, that was an eventful class. That's where the substitute teacher's tip popped out. Indeed, yeah that that was an eventful year. That wasn't was. the Polynesian. Wasn't he in the vicinity of the Dunstan incident? Wasn't he around for that? Oh yeah, he was back there. Yeah, yeah, he was in the. Because we would be using our hands. coffin corner. We would be using our hands to measure the width of the teacher's uh, hips. Hips. Because <laughs> <laughs> we were amazed by oh, that. It, there was just like two people's body put together. It was like a kit car made into a teacher. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It just did not. It was cartoonish. And we know what it had looked like. Exactly. That's something. I don't know. I think there was some kind of Frankenstein situation going on there where there was just, there was some kind of genetic dysfunction or something had happened. Some kind of experiment something, gone yeah, wrong. Yeah, something had happened. Yeah. It was not natural. It was, it was, well, it was noteworthy for us. You and it wasn't, when, it wasn't, uh, oh, a, this is sexual. It was just, uh, no, like a Ripley's Believe It or Not. Like Jack Plants was gonna step out of the Dunstan poster. Like he was gonna peek his head from out from underneath one of her denim skirts. A little specific. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it could be others, but that pretty much narrows. I guarantee you, she was not the only one wearing a denim skirt in 1988. She wasn't the only denim skirt teaching English either. So (laughs) no. Uh, Oh, okay. I'll bleep all this out. But, uh, and I'll just keep talking. We had... Radio edit. Oh, shit. Radio edit. It's like they were in class with us. All right, anyway. When we one day write our novel, our southern goth noir novel about our hometown, he's definitely in it. Oh, yeah. He's in. He's totally in that one. Radio edit. Shop owner is in it. Oh God, yes. That's a that's a whole that's a <laughs> that's whole a chapter. That's a, that's a, one of the books in the series. The uh, several of the guys that just walked around the square yes. are in it. Yes. The the black lawnmower cow- rider right. is in it. The black cowboy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like <laughs> keeping a horse on like twenty five square feet of land, <laughs> and not just keeping it on there, but riding it. Hey, do you think he ever grazed on the uh, golf course? Oh, I, I mean, I, I don't know where else he'd get grass. I don't either. His yard was just dirt. dirt. Just absolute dirt. I've never seen someone ride a horse <laughs> in a smaller spot. 
It's like three three trots and you're to the other side of the fence. I'm like, you're going to go to all the fucking trouble of saddling up a horse and getting on it and taking three steps. You've already rounded your whole yard. You're just uh, spinning in circles, basically. Speaking of... I had to bleep that. There's yes. another chapter. That's another chapter. That whole family. I told you. What about the family just outside of town that had the van that they all rode around in? That's about, a chapter. How about the, the gas station out my direction with the obese daughters back in the in the day? Definitely. Definitely. Well, but we, we got to do a whole chapter on just the different sides of the square. Oh, yeah. Well, the other night, one of the, uh, my middle one and I had the gone. The drag. I want a chapter titled The Drag. Drag. We'd gone to town and... Not the good drag, either. No. And I drove into Sonic. Not the Big Daddy Don Garlitz. I drove into Sonic, and I parked on the cool side. Oh, yeah. And he's like, why did you go around? Duh. And I'm like... And then I I started to explain the drag. He's like, okay, yeah, yeah, you told me before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the drag. Looking back, it's like watching a movie. So, obviously, that place that we grew up is gone. Oh, does not exist. No. But it's there in name only. It's, it's only there. But movie theater? That experience is gone forever. You know. I, I mean, that experience, for the most part, in the whole country. Oh, yeah. No, we just were. just about gone. Yeah. But, yeah, we had a little little rinky-dink theater. Skating rink. Had a skating rink. I mean, how many wonderful stories came from that fucking skating rink? Everybody had their birthday party Everybody. There. It's the only place. I mean, you either had your birthday at the skating rink or you had it at the park. You could do a whole fucking chapter on the dude behind the counter at the skate rink. Oh, yeah. And that wonderful head of hair. He uh, just passed away not too long ago. I know. Ago. That's what you told me. I couldn't believe he was still alive. Speaking of passed away, how about a chapter or two about the florist? About what? The florist. Oh, my gosh. That, that might have to be a spinoff book. I want to know. I told you that I was going through our newspaper's obituaries, yep. and it was like a trip down memory lane. And there were so many people in there because so many characters from our childhood are in the past five years, in the past ten yeah. years, have died. Up until now, are passing away. That florist. I mean, if if you gave me a handful of people that I want the full story on, he would probably be in it. Yeah. I'd like to. I'd yeah. like to know exactly what all went down that we don't know about. Oh, and there's so much more. So much more. I mean, yeah, we would waste all of our time machine trips just to figure out the town we grew up in. How about a spinoff on the bookstore that with the Dungeons and Dragons? Right. How about how about uh, a whole chapter on the Satanic Panic tied to the bookstore? A whole chapter on the location of the satanic rituals. A whole chapter on the crazy doctor. What about a whole chapter on that location that my uncle actually lived in for several years that mm-hmm. was a former veterinary clinic? Yep. And that crazy situation. Yep. <clears throat> oh, yeah. No, that's... A chapter a... on some of the haunted houses in the town. Yep. chapter on Cat Lady. A chapter on Heavy's Balls. A chapter just of you know how like in old books they would have the they would put all the how about glossy, a chapter on heavy's tan the glossy uh, pictures in the middle yeah just be a nut section just of heavy and the nuts heavy is known 
How about yeah. a, a, just a chapter on the bronze-toned heavy of 1989? With the curly hair? Down on one knee. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of wounded knee, it's one knee. <laughs> heavy at one knee. Heavy at one knee. Two balls, one knee. Oh, man. <laughs> Heavy at one knee. Man, I can see that photo in my mind. Take my picture at one knee. Because <laughs> the curls are glistening. In oh, yeah. It's almost like he had jerry curl. Like he got that for off. Radio edit. Looks like he borrowed some radio edit. His activator. Yep. I'll bleep both those, but yes. Radio edit. Activator. Radio edit. Had the, the soul glow. And the hammer, too. Yes. I've always heard that. I never saw it, but I had heard that. Ah, oh, man. That freshman, that year that I was a freshman, I was just surrounded by hammers, man. I was like, motherfucker. Well, I was like, these are grown men. You're like I mean, 120 pounds? Yeah. I mean, I, you know. There's nothing more humbling to be sudsing off in the shower and look off to your right and see radio edit standing there. And those those were that, that was, was a, a grown ass man. That was a time of grown ass men. I mean, those were all big ass guys. Dude, it was it wasn't um who was it? It wasn't radio edit. I know you're gonna have to bleep yeah, this. That's fine. I'm sorry. I'll work it. Don't worry. But I will never forget, and I may have even told this story on the podcast back in 2017 or sometime, that uh, during an, after an, after a basketball workout when I was a freshman, because we would all work out together, freshman through varsity, freshman through senior, and <laughs> going, we had those stalls in the field house that didn't have a door right. on them, you know? <laughs> Who was it? Oh, it was McGrady. Sitting there on the toilet, and he had to, he had to, <laughs> he had pulled his dick up and flung it over his thigh because it, it, would, it was hanging in the water. Just like, what kind of fucking alien is this? I'd like to see that. <laughs> like, I mean, I was not prepared for a 10-inch long limp dick <laughs> at 15 years old just staring me in the face. Like, what the fuck is going on Like here? it snakes up and looks at you? I mean, woo! You talk about a quick education. Oh. Yeah, that, that'll get your attention right quick. R.I.P. Man, it'd been a good one. Oh. Man, I don't uh, know where we were, but we had to take a quick detour off. The well, we were talking about our uh, our our novel, our novel encyclopedia. Maybe we need to make <laughs> it an encyclopedia. Yeah, just uh, and then all the stuff we don't know. I mean, well, that's the thing. Like, and that's part of what I, I think I even wrote this down in my notes that it made it started me thinking about that whole Mickey Mantle. Did you see that Mickey Mantle thing that Segura posted? I didn't see it. No. They had sent out this survey to the Yankee, different Yankees 
back in 1972 saying like what was your favorite memory of being at Yankee Stadium and his and of course you know if you know anything about Mickey Mantle I mean you know that I mean he was a wild child yep. but he was also like a smart ass you know and liked to make jokes and everything but he wrote on there that his favorite mem- memory was getting uh, a blowjob <laughs> out out by the bullpen like between the third or fourth inning of this game <laughs> And he wrote this whole story about how he was injured at the time and he had a groin injury, so he couldn't fuck. So this lady was nice enough to give him a blowjob. And then he put in there, and this is all in the official thing that right. you, you know, you send back into yeah. the Yankees. And that he wrote in there that um, this nice, you know, this lady was nice enough to give me a blowjob because my groin was injured. And so I couldn't thrust like I used to could or whatever. And then. <laughs> Said something out about how she, when I finished in her mouth, she said, "What am I supposed to do with this?" And he said, "I don't know. I'm not a cocksucker." <laughs> I mean, like just this. <laughs> and then he signed it, Mickey Mantle, the All American Boy. <laughs> and when, when I read that, it just made me think of because everybody loved Mickey Mantle. Right. And Mickey Mantle was the All American Boy. And it's the same thing with JFK, you know, it was, it was Camelot. It was all these things that you didn't really know what was going on behind the scenes. And you still, you know, like how much different perception was from reality and how much it still is from reality and how, but it feels like there's, but nowadays you get, there's, there's not near as much discreetness to Especially with famous people that, you know, you those stories weren't coming out at the right. time, the way everything now seems to come out and how much it changes the way you see people and you think about people and you perceive people. Like, I mean, if that story would have come out at the time about Mantle, it would have definitely changed his image right. at the time. But nowhere, there wasn't anywhere at the time that would have printed that. And fully. Right. Now, about four years later, Hustler would have come along and they would have done it. Well, and, and even if, but even if a place like that would have published it, it would have still been just seen as this, you know, offshoot. Right. Like minuscule outskirt story. Like it wouldn't have been a mainstream believer. It would have been easy to, to quash because you just said, look, it's coming from Hustler. Well, you know? and to that point, Hustler, I think in about 76, published a really fuzzy, no pun intended, Hello, Jackie Onassis nude oh, sunbathing yeah, pictures. Yeah. And yes, it was a pelt. Yes. I a mean, full heavy pelt. I mean, heavy. if Heavy could have gotten that pelt, he could have eaten good for the whole winter if oh, he sold he, that pelt. <clears throat> he would have hung that on his wall beside his stuffed duck. So anyway, but yeah, you're exactly right. I'm sure at the time it might have rustled a few feathers, but most of it probably just got dismissed as yeah. That's it's not. We don't need to know about that. But what's crazy <sighs> is that so that's on the big scale of thinking about like people didn't really know. I mean they they had an idea of what JFK was or what Mickey Mantle was, but they didn't really know the person or what they were really like at the time. And I think a good argument can be made for. Is the world a better place when you don't know right. everything about somebody? I think so. Because it allows for it allows for these archetypes that otherwise don't happen, right? Right. 
But if you take that, even take that down to a microcosm of how much do you really know about the people that you know? Well, and I'll have to bleep all this, but case in point is I didn't hear about until I was in college. Right. And he told me. So I went 20 years and never, I mean, I, but yeah, never put two and two together. And then he tells me about it. I tell, uh, oh yeah, you know, I mean, it was just every anybody knowledge, everybody that was. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that was you know a quarter of the town, right? But you know, so again, what do you know? You know, well, that's like, and this kind of goes back to what we're talking about in the last episode or the first episode about that club in Mm -hmm. town. Like, and I think I told you and Heavy about this, like not too long ago, I got together with my dad and one of his best friends who they hadn't been together in, you know, a year or so. And, and I, but I've been around them my whole life, but they were telling stories that I'd never heard. Right. And I, you know, so I wonder how many stories about my own parents that I don't, you know, and like with Heavy's dad and my dad and all their, you know, stories you wonder how many stories you don't know about sure. and how much you even like you think you know somebody and like my dad and I are like best friends we're super close but mm-hmm. i wonder how what percentage of his life history do i really know oh yeah it's and, tiny and as a kid there's always that how much do i not want to know right right well and what sucks is when you get to the age where you really want to know sometimes it's too late right now, an interesting thing happened when the last year of my grandmother's life, she'd had multiple strokes, and I was living at home then, or maybe I wasn't, maybe I wasn't, but anyway, I spent a lot of time with her and my grandfather, and my grandfather started telling me all kinds of stuff about how they got together, and how aggressive she was, and all this <laughs> stuff, and I mean... Full story, and I was yeah, like, "No censor, no censor," and <clears throat> you could just eat that up. I I laughed my ass off, but you got to be the right age to hear. You got to be the right age to hear it, and I appreciated it, and it helped me see them in a different light. But at the same time, and and she was sitting there unable to fully, you know, speak. She could talk a little bit, but she would just get. She was getting so mad at him being so honest, and so that was funny too. But yeah, it it was one of those things like, oh, okay, these people that raised me are real people, you know. Well, you know what, um, and it's only been over the last few years that this has happened, and I think it's an age thing, but I used to have such a hard time thinking of older people as younger people. Right. But the older I've gotten, the more I've been able to think of people in that way and i wonder if that's just something that comes with age like as because as you're getting older you remember yourself at 20 right and you realize that's still part of yourself but like when we were kids like when we were 15 and our grandparents or their friends like did you ever think of them as being 22 i mean i never thought of like you know i never would think of like what what were they like when they were 18 or 20 they were just perpetually old people so I thought of my grandparents that way. I mean, and I mean, I could see them as young because there were lots of pictures. Because I was always going through old photo albums and stuff, yeah. so I had 
the mental image of them as young. And plus, my grandparents were pretty young. Uh, you know, they were <clears throat> late 30s, early 40s when I was born. Okay. So, so yeah, real young. So they were real young. So they weren't. So when I was, you know, 15, they would have been mid 50s. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't too far straight. They weren't old. They weren't old. Now, my great grandparents, I had three full sets of great grandparents when I was born. And the first ones of them started dying when I was about eight. So I had them for a long time. <clears throat> they were always old in my yeah. mind. I, I still cannot think of them as young people. Even though I've seen pictures of them when they were young, it, it's not the same. I always, from the time I was a kid, one of my favorite things to do was to look through those old photographs. Yep. Look through old yearbooks of my parents. I love that. I photographs love, of my grandparents. Old slides. Those I, old eight millimeter films that so we, we had. We didn't have any old films. We had tons of slides. But, I mean, it has definitely been over the last several years to where I really started to think of my grandparents or, or even friends of theirs, people that I knew that were just always old when right. I knew them. I mean, you know, from the time they came into my consciousness, they were old. Yep. As thinking about them as young people and then thinking about how even when I knew them as older, how that young part of them was still part of them. Right. You know, and I mean, it just, it's definitely something that's, come to me with age of how you know just like how every year you get older a certain age doesn't seem as old as it used to be right and i mean i do think that has changed over time to where a 50 year old now is not what a 50 year old was when absolutely we were in junior high. no absolutely and, I mean, and those, you, a 55 year old person was an old person yeah and you dressed old you acted old yeah and no it's not the same and and my kids and I were talking about that. You weren't out there dating. No. <laughs> we were talking about, I said, you know, I was talking about how old my parents are now. And I'm like, I, I mean, I know, I mean, they're older, but I don't see them as old as what my great grandparents were. Right. At that same age. Yeah. Like my parents now are the same age as when I was little, my grandparents were that I thought were so old. Right. These are just old people. They do old people things. And my parents are not that way at all. But they're the same age. Yeah. It's you just know? there's a, been a huge paradigm shift in the culture that you're not old. Is, I mean, old's moved. The goalposts have shifted. For sure. All right. You want to do Bo's email here? Let's and do we'll, Bo's uh, email and wrap it up. Wrap it up. Wrap it up like the nuts you're going to send to Heavy. And it's always good advice, kids. Wrap it up. Let's see. Oh, and uh, this Teal says, hope everyone stays healthy and remember, sing two choruses of Achy Breaky Heart while washing your hands to be safe. Hey, maybe one day we should have a discussion on craziest things you've used to wrap it up with. I got a couple entries. I don't doubt that in the least bit at all. Let's see. This is from... B-A-U, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Bow? Bowels. But it's titled 80s Drive-In Theater and Boobs. Mm. Now, I do think... I like both of those. I, I like both of those myself. I do think there may be a resurgence of the drive-in theater. Especially during this time. Uh, even after this time. I mean... This will be a perfect time for the drive-in. Are you going to want to sit next to uh, some potential Covey, you know? Get that Covey shit out of here. People were talking about drive-ins earlier, and I pointed out that 
Heavy had told me about the Apache drive-in in Tyler. Mm-hmm. I've driven by it about a thousand times. So, there you go. Hello, boys. And I think he meant all three, but he's only getting two. Mm. We'll do what we can. There is a no chance this will be needed tonight, and even less chance. Oh, hey, he sent it today at 1.38. Today. Today. We I- want you to know we're responding. We used to take three years to respond. Now we're doing it day of. Let the That's record progress. show we are reading an email on the same day it was sent. This is probably the only time that's ever happened. It has to be the only time. Hashtag progress. There is no chance this will be needed tonight, and even less chance it will get read before the end of the pandemic. See? Don't Suck doubt it, Bo. Us. Suck it. Either way, I've been reminded of a drive-in movie story from my childhood during a recent Twitter discussion about the reopening of the infamous Hange lots during these social distancing days. You say Hange? That's what he said. I may have mispronounced it. I'm not used to this word. (laughs) Pause for dramatic effect. I'm the oldest child of an oldest child in such way that my mom's younger brother is my uncle and de facto big brother. I'm going to reread that for those sitting at home because it made my head hurt. Yeah, if you've had a little bit to drink, you're going to want to rewind on that. I'm the oldest child of an oldest child. What is this, an Isbell song? In such a way that my mom's younger brother is my uncle, which that's how it's supposed to be. I think that's usually how it goes. And de facto big brother. Okay. All right. By proxy. Yes. Let's slide that in there. In the 80s, he was in high school and college age and would watch me while my folks were on vacation. This is the uncle that you three fondly remind me of. I'm going to say aw, but we might say aw. <laughs> we'll take whatever. He went to college at TSTI in Waco and had a top floor apartment with two buddies on I-35 right across the interstate Interstate. Yeah. from the Waco Drive-In Theater. I couldn't tell you what movie was playing that night, but we were out on the patio and saw that the movie playing definitely had some titties in it. Hey, now. I don't remember if our drive-in theater played R-rated movies. Not when we were around that I I know of. I I mean, I only ever went to it a few times, but I know my parents didn't take me to see a movie with titties in it. But I do know that when I was young and my grandmother passed away, my one of my older cousins cheered me up after the funeral by showing me porkies. That's a good cousin. Damn good cousin. Unfortunately, the full view of the driving screen from the porch was obstructed by a giant row of trees, pres- presumably so cars driving down 35 couldn't see what was playing. The same movie was playing again the following night, so a plan was hatched befitting three country boys from South Texas who wanted to see unfiltered, free boobage drink while drinking beer on the porch while lo- ha- still having to look after little old me. I find it hard to believe that Bo was ever little. No, I think he was born about 20, 25 pounds. Popped out. That, Holding I, a cold beer. That poor lady. After the drive-in closed, two members of Team Titty ran a chainsaw across I-35 and one sat on the balcony and directed what can only be described as the best demo of a non-load-bearing structure to make a window ever. (laughs) Team Titty member codenamed Coldbeer was the climber and chainsaw operator, and the man on the ground codenamed Bud tied the saw and was hoisting it up with rope dropped down. While across the interstate, flashlight signals <laughs> were used by codename Miller Light to perfectly frame the screen from the porch. Goodness. It was flawless. 
except when Cold Miller dropped the running saw, scaring the ever-living shit out of Bud. This shows the extent that the man will go for some titties. Men love titties. And free titties? Even better. The next night, there was a perfect square window cut out of the canopy of those trees to watch every single boob shot unobstructed. I've attached what I could find as far as pictures go, but there's no real great side shots. If you know where to look, though, you could see the Team Titty window for years driving down 35 to San Antonio. An homage. Is there a 903 version of Mission Boob? Love you, boys. Bo in Santa Fe. Well, Bo, we love you. You were never small. Never. And you are the reincarnation of Shmoo. Yes. There is a story that I told at length on this podcast about a situation that while I was in college, that was a prank that got redacted because it was too much information. Too much. But there were several um, similar situations to which I was involved that I think would make you proud. I'll tell you about it at a time of my choosing. Yeah, we did record that whole episode, and upon review by Ty's lawyer, I had to... Uh, there were some really good stories in that they episode, They were great, too. and I believe I fully shit-canned that. I think I fully yeah. deleted it. Because it was... I mean, if you were anywhere near that college, and you these, these pranks, if Legendary. you want to call them that, yeah. were so big that... If you were anywhere around this college, you would have heard of what happened. It would have been identifying information. Yeah, it, it saddened me that I had to, uh, to scrap that. But it was pretty, for the better. Pretty intricate projects, too. Le- yeah, the level of detail. Now, um, the one involving wrenches didn't involve boobs. No, but but the level of... i to say we did basically yes. shut down a whole college campus over yeah. that. But the level of, of effort, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I'm trying to think. I don't. I know I never have demolished anything to see boobs. Maybe a marriage. Oh, what about the um? When I think, <laughs> when I think boob stories, I wonderful childhood boob stories. I do think about the substitute teacher, and I also think about the teacher who we. Definitely would not want to see the boobs, but whose boobs were very, a very dominant part of the classroom instruction presentation. Which one? Oh, a certain radio edit, if you will. Oh, <laughs> yes, that one was not a good one. I, I tuck, was th- a tuck-in situation, I, if you will. I was thinking of uh, uh, well, I was thinking of someone. That, radio edit. Oh, that. Now, that's my favorite boob story of all time, which I think I told and then we redacted. We redacted that, and I'm going to do some redacting here, too. But uh, she would often, I, I don't know what the style was in Brazier's at the time. Well, let me just say, but, as someone with, quote, radio edit, they were radio edits. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that, but I'm I, never, I, let me just say that. I'm going to have to redact this part My, heavily. It's not often that you have a peak boob story <laughs> in eighth grade. <laughs> but <laughs> little did I know that I would never have a better boob story you got two. than I would have in eighth grade. You got two, remember? What was the other one? Another story? What? Radio edit. Wasn't that Oh, grade? yes. Yes. Yeah. 
That was ninth grade, I think. Okay. But maybe still, eighth. You're still riding high. Yeah. Yeah. But that, my point about. That was a good two year run. The radio edit. Oh. She, I still can't believe that. Happened. When she was. Mm hmm. She can't would bend over, you, and it was full view. You could I mean, not, it was like. There was no sinking that sub. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. She was a pure goddess to a, a young boy of our age at that time. It's like when you see those movies, you know, where the junior high boys just go gaga over right. some senior girl. This is exactly that situation. Now, totally, unre- I mean, along those lines, but way, I mean, skewed far to the extreme. There's a Fellini movie called Amarcord, which is kind of loosely based on his childhood. And the Fellini character in it has the hots for this tobacconist that has these gigantic boobs mm. and he goes in to buy cigarettes from her and she ends up popping a tit out and he's trying to pick her up it's just crazy but it's one of my favorite fellini movies it's not as good as eight and a half because it's different but right. but yes the the obsession that we have with boobs it's overpowering i mean i cared way more about boobs as a junior high kid than i do now well, it's it's at that age it's what you know. Well, I mean they were just this they were this wonderful, mystical, magical fable of a thing. Right, but they're also out there more. And back in the eighties the butt wasn't as big a thing. That's right. And you know? I you know, I mean I've said many times I'm a leg and a butt man over boobs. Now you had legs back then, but the butts were yeah. Pretty oh, weak. I mean, we definitely didn't have the emphasis that we have now on the. Nobody round. was doing squats. No. No. Deadlifts. No. The other factor. Not a lot of lunges back in 86. Not a lot of lunges. But yeah, everything was boob oriented for the most part. So it's the it's the gateway of sexuality for, for young boys. Yeah. It was definitely. Young men, whatever you want to say. But. Yeah, it, it was. It was a line of demarcation for sure. But I wonder if now, if that's flipped, has the butt taken over? I don't know. That's a good question. Are butts now what boobs were then? I think that's what all of us are really wanting to know. Are butts the new boobs? I think that's for the fan to decide. That might be the uh, the new title of the episode. I like it. Well, I don't think we're going to solve that, but Ty and I would love to hear what your thoughts are on boobs and butts. We will accept pictures of female butts and female boobs, while you can always send your nut pictures or the pictures of nuts that you're looking at to at Heavy Longmire on Twitter. That's right. Remember, Gus and Ty, boobs and butts. Female butts. Okay. We want to restrict it like that. Heavy nuts. Heavy wants the nuts. Send him your balls. You know, out of a hundred listeners that we may have, maybe. I, don't I just know. want one person to tweet heavy his balls. And do it in the DMs. You know, let's keep it. Yeah, I mean, we're it, nothing if not discreet. Keep it, per- you know, we don't want it to be all out in the public. But of course, let Ty and I know that you sent those nuts. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we should know. But it's okay if no one else knows. But I, I it's really going to cheer him up to get lots of pictures of nuts. I mean, it's what he needs right now, even more than what he wants. 
Oh, and I'm sure it'll come out by now, but despite my objections of us doing a teleconference or a video conference session, mm-hmm. I did join Jay and KJ on Partial Recall to talk board games. I heard you talking about that. Is it out? I don't. It'll be out by the time this comes out. Yeah, I think get on that. Sh- I'm I think gonna it'll get on show that. why we should not do teleconference. Uh-oh. Were there technical difficulties? There were te- I, I had to... My phone doesn't do well in my office. Well, you were enough. out on the back 40? I was out in the pasture with the crickets and the coyotes and, you know, dirt bikes going by and whatever in the middle of the night recording with them. I was happy to record with them. I love KJ and Jay. Uh, I also love KJ. Good times. What about Jay? Oh, yes. Jay's great, too. Uh, but anyway, it was good to talk to the boys, you know... The original lineup of Partial Recall started about the same time we did four years ago. I made jokes about Clay, who we also love, R.I.P. Clay. But uh, it was nice talking to him, but there were technical difficulties. You and think I would, Clay is quarantining with the Bivs? Call back to the Bivs. Man, who knows? It's at least possible. It's I it. like to think of it. You as... like to think of all the redheaded... Maybe we'll have a 30 for 30 on that one day. Boy, that that one's a one to unpack cuz there's there's angles to it that we don't even know, I think, but the bivs, not the right, RIP of right, clay. Right. Right. Yeah. But we got like a 15 of 15. Yeah. Yeah. That'll do. But anyway, thank you to uh to the boys over at Partial Recall, KJ and the fake clay, Jay, and uh it was good to talk to him, but that's why we don't do teleconference. There were technical difficulties. Well, if I was going to do something on board games, I would definitely call on the master. I mean, you can't do a pod on board games without calling you up. Yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, you have more board games, I think, than... Anybody you know. Anybody south of the Mason-Dixon, for sure. I'm sure there might be somebody else out here, but... Well, send those nuts to Heavy. Send Ty and I pictures of boobs and female butts. And I guess we'll talk to you later. Adios. Bye.